What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Berrien County may have found a location for its long-planned 911 tower in Buchanan Township. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette tells us the county last year purchased a building at 500 Circle Drive in the township with plans to build the tower out back and then move 911 dispatch there. However, the plan hit a snag when Native American artifacts were found at the site. Now the county has found a new site for the tower not far away. The plan is to construct the 800 megahertz tower behind what would be Buchanan Township has a fire department as well as their new township hall. And they've got vacant property behind those two structures and, and we plan to construct at that site. The Michigan State Historic Preservation Office has now approved the alternate site and DeSette says the county is working out details with Buchanan Township. The new tower could be constructed next year. As for 911 dispatch, he says the county has to begin making renovations at 500 Circle Drive to get ready. We know that we will have more than enough space for our 911. We'll also have emergency operations center. They'll have space available for their growing footprint. And then in the, uh, the coming months, we'll be working to determine if we have other plans for the use of the unused square footage. For now, the priority is the 911 tower, so weak spots in the county's signal coverage in Buchanan and Bertrand Township can be resolved. The cost of the tower and the needed equipment is about $8 million. Legislation that would dial back some parts of Michigan's 2019 auto insurance reform law is being slammed by State Senator Eric Nesbitt. He tells us the package, approved with mostly Democratic support this week, would set up a new fee schedule to pay for long-term care of those who have suffered serious injuries. The legislation comes after some medical providers complain they couldn't continue caring for some patients after the 2019 law was passed. Nesbitt says this will gut that law. It's really increasing costs for Michigan drivers across the board, increasing reimbursement rates, bailing out some health care providers while increasing insurance rates. Nesbitt says those with catastrophic injuries could receive treatment through other avenues as they do in other states. What happened four years ago is that some of these folks never wanted to come to the table, didn't want any reforms than the one-size-fits-all mandate of unlimited lifetime benefits, and they didn't want to find any cost savings at all. And what they're trying to do now is a complete wholesale undo the reforms that happened in 19. Instead of doing surgical reforms that you'd find good consensus on, Governor Gretchen Whitmer's office came out against the legislation, saying it'll increase costs. Nesbitt says this is one of the few times you'll find him agreeing with the governor. The package was approved in the Senate with all but one Democrat voting yes and four Republicans joining them. Nesbitt believes the package will be altered in the House, where it's now headed. Anyone interested in a career in law enforcement in Berrien County will have a chance to learn about available opportunities at a law enforcement hiring fair this coming week. The event will feature several agencies from around the county, including the Berrien County Sheriff's Department, the St. Joseph Department of Public Safety, the Chickaming Township Police Department, the Benton Township Police Department, and the Buchanan Township Police Department. Agencies throughout the county have reported staffing shortages, and they're telling anyone who attends to bring a resume. The event will be Thursday, October 26th, from 5 to 8 p.m. at Lake Michigan College's Hanson Technology Center. Also on hand will be representatives of Corwell Health and Berrien County's 911 Center. 
The UAW strikes did not hurt small business sales last month. According to the Michigan Retailers Association, September sales rose for the first time since July. Andrea Bightley is with the association and says uh, times have been unpredictable. We saw a number of different pieces fall into place and challenges also um, impact Michigan's consumers. Obviously, the UAW strikes that are now impacting multiple sectors are a major factor. Bightley says the sales have been on a roller coaster this year. Nearly 60% of businesses reported an increase or no change in sales last month. The inauguration for Andrews University President John Wesley Taylor V will be next week. Andrews says Taylor became the seventh president of the university on July 1st following the retirement of Andrea Luxton. He's a fifth-generation Adventist and fourth-generation preacher who served for 50 years as a pastor in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Forty of those years were spent in one location, Pioneer Memorial Church on the campus of Andrews University. With his inauguration this coming Tuesday, Andrews will formally recognize the president in his new role and rally the academic community around him. The ceremony will be at 10.30 a.m. in the Pioneer Memorial Church Sanctuary. It will also be streamed online. A public presidential tree planting ceremony will also take place Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. on the main campus near Butler Hall. Uh, Taylor says as he settles into the role of Andrews University president, he endeavors to, quote, lead with empathy and compassion with a clear sense of purpose and integrity. Work on the new Gordie Howe International Bridge is trucking along. Heather Grondin is the chief relations officer with the Windsor-Detroit Bridge Authority and says they've made big strides in the past year. The U.S. Bridge Tower has reached its full height of 722 feet, and the Canadian Tower is expected to reach its full height this fall. We also are done... um, 116 of our overall 216 stay cables have been installed. So we're just on the countdown of the last 100 stay cables. And we've completed 50% of the bridge deck over the Detroit River. Grondon says they're still hoping to have the bridge fully operational by the end of next year. And the Cass County Sheriff's Department is looking for the suspect in a hit-and-run crash Thursday. It says deputies were called out to investigate a personal injury crash near the intersection of Marcellus Highway and Decatur Road in Valinia Township about 5.15 p.m. They found 73-year-old Michael Winchester of Schoolcraft had been eastbound on Marcellus Highway, entering the intersection with a northbound silver minivan pulled out in front of Winchester, causing a crash. Winchester was not hurt, but his passenger, 70-year-old Sally Winchester, suffered minor injuries. She was taken to a hospital for treatment. The driver of the minivan fled the scene. Anyone with information on the crash or the identity of the minivan's driver is asked to contact the Cass County Sheriff's Department. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Two hostages held by Hamas, both Americans, have been released. 59-year-old Judith Ronan and her daughter, 17-year-old Natalie, are from Illinois and were in Israel for a relative's birthday when they were taken hostage. ABC's James Longman is in Israel and shares the reaction of the Israeli government on the news. We've had a statement from Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu confirming that Judith, Ty Renan and Natalie Shoshona Renan, mother and daughter, were released from the hands of the terrorist organization Hamas. It reads the two were kidnapped in the murderous surprise attack last Saturday when they were staying at Kibbutz Nahal Oz. Uh, He goes on to say that they uh, have now been received at the border of the Gaza Strip and at this moment they are on their way to a meeting point at a military base in the center of the country where their family members are waiting for them. 
Congressional chaos and opposition will be a hurdle for President Joe Biden as he pushes for $105 billion in funding for Israel-Ukraine border security, humanitarian assistance, and countering China. Today's announcement follows Biden's Oval Office address last night when he made the case for deepening U.S. support for its allies in the midst of two wars. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the Democratic president's budget request is, quote, critical to advancing America's national security and ensuring the safety of the American people. But the chances of progress in Capitol Hill are in doubt because of political resistance and Republican infighting that's left the House of Representatives at a standstill. There's a growing humanitarian crisis in the Middle East and efforts to get much-needed aid to the people of in, inside Gaza. ABC's Karen Travers is the latest on President Biden's push to get supplies to people in need there. President Biden expressing confidence that humanitarian assistance will soon start moving into Gaza at the Rafah border crossing with Egypt. The president telling reporters Friday the highway had to be repaved because it was in very bad shape, but... I believe that within the next 24 to 48 hours, the first 20 trucks will come across the bay. The president on his way back from Israel Wednesday said he reached an agreement with the president of Egypt and the prime minister of Israel to get critical supplies, food, medicine and water into Gaza, where as many as a million people have been displaced. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Special counsel overseeing the Hunter Biden investigation is expected to testify before a congressional committee behind closed doors as a GOP probe into the Justice Department's handling of the case continues to unfold. In a rare step, David Weiss is set to appear for transcribed interview before members of the House Judiciary Committee November 7th. His appearance was confirmed to the Associated Press today by two people familiar with the matter. It comes months after whistleblowers claimed as part of a GOP probe that the investigation into the president's son was slow-walked and mishandled. Weiss has denied one of the more explosive allegations by saying in writing he had final say over the case. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan is no longer the Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. ABC's Stephen Portnoy is more. Having failed on a third ballot with fewer votes than he had in the first and second rounds, Jim Jordan is now out of the running, stripped of the GOP nomination for Speaker by a secret vote of his colleagues. We need to come together and figure out who our Speaker is going to be. For now, it's back to square one. Candidates interested in running for Speaker are told to put their hats into the ring by Sunday ahead of a candidate forum on Monday. This Republican leadership crisis will drag on into a fourth week. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Lawyer Kenneth Chesbro has pleaded guilty to a felony just as jury selection was getting underway in his trial on charges accusing him of taking part in efforts to overturn Donald Trump's loss in Georgia's 2020 election. Chesbro was charged alongside the Republican ex-president and 17 others with violating the state's anti-racketeering law. Chesbro pleaded guilty today, a day after fellow attorney Sidney Powell entered her own guilty plea to six misdemeanor counts. Chesbro was sentenced to five years probation and 100 hours of community service in order to pay $5,000 in restitution. He's also expected to write an apology letter to Georgia's residents and testify truthfully at any related future trial. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones's bankruptcy will not protect him from having to pay 10-figure damages to defamed Sandy Hook families. ABC's Dave Packer has more. Despite filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy, right-wing provocateur Alex Jones must pay more than a billion dollars to families affected by the Sandy Hook school massacre. Jones filed for bankruptcy last December after he was ordered to pay compensatory and punitive damages for defaming the families with claims on social media and his InfoWars website that the killing of 20 students and six staff members was a hoax. Even during bankruptcy, legal judgments must be paid if they result from willful and malicious injury. A bankruptcy judge in Houston now deciding that standard was satisfied in the Jones case. Dave Packer, ABC News. 
Donald Trump has been fined $5,000 after disparaging a social media post about a key court staffer in his New York civil fraud case was allowed to linger on his campaign website after the judge ordered it deleted. Judge Arthur N. Gorin avoided holding Trump in contempt for now, but reserved the right to do so and possibly even put him in jail if he continued to violate a gag order barring parties in the case from personal attacks on court staff. And Goran said in a written ruling today that he decided on a nominal fine because Trump's lawyers said the website's retention of the post was inadvertent and it was a first-time violation. And it's homecoming weekend for high school students in Lahaina after the wildfire on Maui that killed 99 people in their community. ABC's Alex Stone has more. It truly is a homecoming for students at Lahaina Luna High School. This week, they returned to campus for the first time since the wildfire. They had been going long distances to attend other high schools. Nobody knew how many would actually return to the Lahaina campus. Around 700 did this week. And this weekend, the homecoming football game, the first they've played on their own field since the fire. Tickets sold out within minutes, and the game will be broadcast on radio and TV across the Hawaiian Islands. Alex Stone, EBC News.